Let's play ball. Look out, here we go. Here it is. This is going to get ugly here. It is. Hello, Giants. My name is Jung Hoo Lee, grandson of the wind from Korea. And thank you for helping to achieve my dream to play in MLB. I always have loved the Bay Area. I am here to win. Grandson of the Wind. Welcome back to another episode of Skaters on Baseball, the podcast with balls. Today is December 16th, 2023. I usually don't mention the dates, but I think it's important today because baseball doesn't start till April. So let's just all relax and take some deep breaths. The lineups are not official yet. I know we're all anxious to get some moves and all this stuff. But just because there hasn't been any does not mean there won't be some. Um, I kind of want to start out with like some therapy and venting because there's been it's been a heavy week for Giants fans, especially. And then I'd like to end on a positive note with uh, the acquisition of Jung Hoo Lee that I think after watching yesterday's press, even without taking one at bat has added this huge spark of excitement and charisma to the, to the team and whatnot. And I truly believe there's going to be more, more to come. It's just, like I said, the patience is, is hard for us. It just want, want and want, but Christian, how are you doing? How are you living down there? And uh, yeah, let's get into it. I'm doing all right. Uh, I, the Jung Hoo Lee signing definitely was a, was a good, uh, it's a good shot in the arm, I guess, a much needed one. I think, I think you and I both agreed for a number of reasons that Otani was never coming to San Francisco. Right. And now we're sort of mired in the aftermath of him going to the fucking Dodgers um, because of what the contract looks like, the deferments that allow the Dodgers to sign even more high profile, expensive guys. Um, uh, and a lot of aspects of that, and then all of the stuff with Buster Posey's comments this week, and then the sort of the the hit back from people, and then the MLB Network sort of talking about it, and the nature of the mm. city and the condition of the city, and how that affects their signing of free agents. I mean, we could get into that. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that because I just think it's totally counterproductive. Um, but I do believe like there is some validity in all of that uh, on both sides, and really the biggest the biggest issue is like, what do the giants do to get the players? You know, if they can, they can divorce. I mean, maybe they can't divorce themselves from the city in an image way, but I think it's important that they try and do their very best to do that. Mm. Um, because we want that talent and we want the stars in SF. We don't have uh, to have a whole roster of them, but we definitely need a couple. 100%. Um, and we need guys that are, that are back in it that are like, I'm SF. I'm proud of where I'm at. And, this is where I want to play. And I think that's really, really, really important, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't want to waste a lot of time talking about it, but you and I have been texting back and forth about it a little bit and just thought we ought to, we ought to mention that. And uh, also just the, the, the little aside that Otani was the last guy I really wanted to hate in baseball. Um, and now I have to. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to chew on. Um and I think it all starts with Shohei, obviously. Um, Shohei made it so that nobody else really could make a move because there was like, 
I think there was at least 10 teams going after Shohei and this is $700 million. So you can't really get some other people if you think you have a chance at spending $700 million on this guy. So that made sense that he took whatever it was a week ago he signed and the dominoes were supposed to fall after that. But a couple of things really struck me in the whole process. One is there's a big outcry for speeding up the game, right? Like we have a pitching clock now. Well, why don't they speed up the process of the offseason with the free agency like the NBA does where it's like a two-week window to make all the moves and you have this excitement of every day there's two or three new acquisitions, right? It's like this builds excitement, not like, man, this is paint drying. I can't wait till one guy signs. It's going to be a month and then Yamamoto, he takes another month and then we'll have three little Bellingers that we don't even care about that much. Like, let's just pack it all into two weeks and get it done so people can find a place to live and we can get excited for FanFest and buy our tickets to spring training. Like all that makes so much sense to me. And the other thing is sports writers are notorious for talking down on players. But why can they make such a mistake two years in a row announcing Judge is on the Giants and this year announcing Shohei is on the Blue Jays. This is such a huge mistake from a such an important position in the media that and there's no there's no fines, there's no like suspension, there's no nothing, there's no accountability for Heyman or whoever does this. But it Imagine, I mean, I lived through it last year with Judge. You know, it was very short, but I can only imagine what Toronto Blue Jay fans were like for like a full half a day at least thinking we got him. He's on an airplane. There's sushi restaurant reserved. Like he's coming and the excitement. I mean, Drake is an idiot for sure, but he's got the jersey on. Like he's already Toronto bound, like all that shit. And then it's like, oops. And just so... I think that the accountability for these guys that are dying to be the first person to announce like what they're not sure about, there needs to be like some, if you want to call them laws or rules or whatever, but like, if you fuck up, maybe your, your account gets taken away or maybe you're fined or like, I don't know, something because people are counting on news to be real and the fake news has gone overboard where people are using that. And there is fake news, so let's get rid of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of where I'm at with those things. Yeah. Well, I mean, we we sort of visited the Heyman topic from time to time, laughing about all of that. But I think the real problem, I mean, like what you mentioned about having perhaps a shorter window for these transactions to occur, kind of like other sports do, where they have a, tr a transfer window and it, business has to get done in a certain amount of time. Um, to drag it out the way they do. It's excruciating. Some guys are not even signing until right right into spring training the first week, right? Mm. Um, as fans, it makes it just like, oh, fucking come on. Like, let's, let's get something done. Uh, that being said, as far as the writers go, we know that they exist solely to pump their own thing, right? So it's all about how many retweets can I get? How many likes can I get? How many, you know, who, how, how, I, how can I be the guy who breaks the biggest baseball story of the year? 
and they're so far in front of the, the, the cart, like they can't, they, they don't get it right. And then like you said, there's, there's no real consequence for that other than public scrutiny and humiliation and people making you the butt of the joke. Like I think people are still laughing at John Heyman over the arson judge comment from last year, yes, uh, forever. But, okay, but that's not enough of a consequence. Now, rules to govern that or whatever. Hey, it's the public square, right? It's like you, you're gonna you're gonna throw something out there. Well, you're gonna get whatever comes back on the rebound. Um, and apparently, there's not much rebound if you're a sports writer like Heyman or or specifically Bob Nightingale at USA Today is one of the absolute worst sports writers in history. Um, and specifically, he's got some kind of an axe to grind with the Giants. If you read him, it's just like he hates the Giants. You know, so mm. he he kind of. You got all you got all kinds of people, and these are the people that are voting for who goes into the Hall of Fame. So maybe, yeah, yeah maybe that's they another examine issue. that and say your credibility as a quote journalist um, is is kind of suspect. So why are we allowing you to vote on who goes into the Hall? Maybe there's something there, right? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I mean, the the thing with Shohei too is he. Uh, I, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. Like I never thought I like I don't want to hate this guy that's this, you know, player of a lifetime, as they say, or whatever. But it was interesting for me because I got two perspectives. I got to be myself when he's a Blue Jay. He got traded to the Blue Jays, and I got to feel how that made me feel, which was like awesome. He's in the American League, cool. He's going to be in Toronto. I think it was kind of not the best move for him, but like I can still root for him. Like, you know what I mean? To what the fuck? He's a Dodger. And also he's deferring 680 million out of the 700 million. And it sounds like evading taxes and just do and like trying to like manipulate people to come to the Dodgers and build this super team. And I'm like, this guy's worse than Puig already? Like, what the hell is going on? He went from show hate to show hate. You know, I was like, oh, the show hate Otani show is like, so it was just like, man, it was a tough, for sure, tough 24 hours. It kind of like, you know, I, I breathed a little and got some of it out of me. But I'll tell you, living, I don't know what it's like in LA. I'm sure it's the complete opposite media-wise, but San Francisco has been really having a hard time with it, which brings up the Buster comments. And I want to first off say, I 100% love Buster Posey and I got his back as a baseball player and what he's done for our community and our organization. And the fact that he moved back to the Bay area and that he's an owner and he wants to be the spokesperson and, and do as much as he can for our team. I, I got a hundred percent back. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm bashing Buster, but without getting too political and going crazy on this, my one question for him, and maybe he's going to show me that why, but why would he do it in the middle of the free agency? Why would he say that in the middle of free agency, which I think cannot make things easier to sign a free agent. It can only make it harder. And it would be so easy to, after the teams assembled and baseball started say, Hey, we tried to do a few things and this or that happened, but 
what is hilarious or not hilarious, it's kind of just 100% aggravating, is how it went national and the whole nation said, you know, I think people are jealous of the Bay Area, obviously. Like, it's the best place in the world to live. There's so much here that we have, and people want to, you know, pick apart this, like, oh, there's poop on the ground. Yeah, there's no poop anywhere else. Like, it's like no one wants to look in their backyard. They want to hate with jealousy on what we have. But if you look at the facts, Willie Mays, uh, Barry Bonds, like, who are some of the best p- players that ever played the game? They, they live here. The Golden Gate Bridge, most photographed bridge in the world. We are San Francisco. We might be going through a tough time like everybody else, but it's the, I live here. So that's reality. You know, perception from outside of this area, it doesn't really, you know, it just, it irritates me when someone from LA, especially talks shit on San Francisco when there's gangs down there beating up people in the parking lot and people that live down there don't even want to go to games. So what's, what's harder to avoid shit on the floor or get the shit kicked out of you for wearing a giant's hat. I mean, there's a lot of fucking shit everywhere and you want to go to Arizona and fry in the heat. You want to go to Colorado? Like, where do you want to go? What's your alternative? So I think there's a lot of jealousy and animosity, but it all ends up going to politics where it's like, Oh, San Francisco's too liberal and whatever. And I just re- want to remind everyone that for me, baseball is the escape from that that like when kapler was here and they were doing a lot of those things it irritated us and that was kind of why we wanted to get rid of kapler what i want to do is just talk baseball and i don't want an excuse on why the team isn't as good as it is because if we're being a hundred percent honest the dodgers got shohei not because it was la versus sf it was because it was freeman Betts their whole lineup is like an all-star lineup and the giants have Conforto coming off of energy injury Haniger. like it's just not a place where shohei is going to perform his best he doesn't have protection he's going to get you know intentionally walked there's a lot of things that go into this so i think it was careless of buster to say it when he said it and then it sucks that the whole nation took what he said which isn't really the narrative now they they're like oh buster said this it's like no buster loves the bay area and he was making a little point in a huge conversation that everyone took the little point and made that the headline and that's frustrating for someone that lives two blocks from the park that sees a lot of the players walk in every day and walk out with smiles on their faces because we have the best ballpark in the country so that's just my take on all that. Well, I, I, I've been turning this around in my head quite a bit since all this came out. And uh, it's been interesting. You know, I, I, I have a feeling uh, Buster saying that in the middle of free agency may mean that they've had already tons of discussions with players and their agents who just aren't interested and whatever the you know the bevy of reasons they may have for not wanting to come to San Francisco and play, whether it's uh, they're not going to make enough money or whether it's the California state taxes, like with Otani's contract, for example, like you you mentioned, like it sounds a lot like tax evasion. It is tax evasion, but it's legal tax evasion. 
In other words, he's going to set up his, his primary residence out of state in 10 years, and he's going to get all that money. He's not going to have to pay the ridiculous income tax that we have to pay in California. Okay. Which is smart, smart financial move for him. Right. Uh, smart move for the Dodgers because their luxury tax gets stripped off and they can just keep buying up more talent. Um, as far as the other discussion goes, I mean, I think the reason that these negative narratives and, and, and things exist is that there are problems and they get amplified when you're talking about an area that's only seven square miles. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in San Francisco. I love the city. But sometimes nowadays I have a hard time going there because I see things that just weren't there before. And it's kind of a bummer. Like I, I, I wouldn't want to live there and just be sort of like locked up in my little compound, you know, 19, 20 hours a day, not having to go out in the world because I just didn't want to deal with it. Um, and that's kind of my perception having been away so long and only seeing it in concentrated doses every, you know, every year. And it seems like these things are more extreme from my perspective, because it's not every day. And trust me, LA is a fucking shithole, dude. I mean, we got, we got, yeah, drug, I mean, drug isn't labs. Skid, Skid Row's almost as big as San Francisco. <laughs> you know what I mean? You downtown LA you, is a you know what I'm saying? It's like, but, but that's, but see, uh, it doesn't matter. Like people can compare, oh, yeah, it's shitty everywhere or whatever. It doesn't matter. Once the narrative and, and that idea is out there, it doesn't matter what the reality is anymore. It's how do you deal with it? Right. And I think that the the problematic thing is that when people they they just want to argue the issue yeah. politically, whereas like you and I both know, like politics is bullshit. Like there's a problem, let's solve it. You know, right. if we need players for our team, let's get them. Let's spend the money. I mean, we're not we're not we don't go into that territory. So yeah, it's just I, I don't know, and 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 I don't I don't want to hear other people from other teams chiming in. I don't want to hear I don't want to hear any of it. Like. What I want to hear I know Rowdy is, Velez from Sacramento. Come on, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, so, anyways, all, all that said, you know, basically, like the Giants have work to do, and whether they have to overpay to defeat the narrative, or whether they have to they have to offer something that nobody else can offer, because quite frankly, we know that so many contracts these days are agent driven. It's all about money, um, and guys, yeah, given the same amount of money, like I, I, I don't. I don't believe the Giants actually offered the identical amount of money to Otani. I, I had heard it was 12 years, 680 million, right? So that's a, that's a pretty big disparity. Whatever the case, they're never going to say, you know, they said identical or, or something resembling it, right? Which is not really what it was. But well, here's uh, the thing with both Otani and Yamamoto they're, they come from another country and they have their aspirations and dreams. And you can say, what? ever you want but these guys are so coveted and everybody wants them they're gonna go where they want and they're gonna get that team to pay them what they want so when otani says i wanted to be a dodger like i i want you know like it's like young huli said he wanted to be a giant it's like everyone can offer him the money but he knows where he wants to go so these excuses and stuff the giants have to try right they have to try but like is anyone out there really thinking we were going to get Shohei? I mean, I, I was. It was a one percent chance on MLB <laughs> Network that the Giants were going to get him. One percent, they were saying. So it's obvious we're not getting him. And also, if if there's any truth to like, oh, players don't want to come here, that's when you have to trade for a star. 
and the stars that you build on your team will bring free agent stars to want to come. Right. That's how it works. And it's not rocket science. And we're not in this profession, but we can see like how it works, you know, and, and, and building a team with dudes that have like a personality goes a long way. It's like, I can see that Jung Hoo is already going to be exciting. Like he's the guy that's just, it was, you know, like how, when we had McCutcheon, it's just like a little flavor that the giants have been missing for a long time. So we'll see. There's a lot of things we can still do. We can go huge in starting pitching and have one of the best starting pitching staffs in baseball. It just is all up to what they want to do. Are they going to spend money? Are they going to trade pieces that they don't really want to trade? There's ways to get a Randy Arena. There's ways to get Blake Snell. There's ways to get Burns. Like you get those three guys. I think our team looks really a lot better, you know? Yeah. Um, any, any combination of that. Um, and it's funny that the, the market seems kind of cold on Snell, like Cy Young winner. And yet, well, everyone's he's, waiting he's, on Yamamoto, right? He's barely in the conversation. Yeah, people are waiting on Yamamoto. And I think I think the Giants are really shrewd. Like what you said is smart. Okay. It's like if you're going to have problems attracting free agents uh, because of whatever reason, they think the, the city's gross, that they it's tarnished in their mind, whether it's true or not, whatever, whatever the case is, um, the trade market, at least you can force a guy's hand. Like the guy's not going to, unless he's got a no trade clause for SF, you can get him. And so I hope that they're aggressively pursuing the trade market, even maybe more so than the free agent market, because the free agent market was so limited already. Yeah. Um, and it kind of felt like, you know, we knew Otani wasn't coming. Yamamoto was like, he's untested the major leagues. And so I wonder if that's the hesitation, like, or if he's just really trying to get the best offer and that's why he's traveling all across he's, the country. Yeah, he's still visiting um, every team to wine and dine and hear, you know, like. Yeah. And so it's, as far as I'm concerned, like guys are going to land where they're going to land. I hope that none of these guys, if they don't land with the Giants, don't land in the NL West because the NL West is becoming quickly sort of the, the haves and the have nots in an even greater degree than it's been. You know, Arizona actually kind of, came up in their rank a little bit. San Diego underperformed with the roster they had. The Dodgers just have tons of star power. They they have endless amounts of money to spend. Mm. And the Giants have endless amounts of money to spend, but they're either unable to spend it or they're unwilling to spend it. Yeah, tough um, to see. And it's tough on the fan base. Like for us, it's like, you know, it's like you start, you start thinking like, okay, I could watch this game on TV. Why am I going to go pay the money to go to the yard, watch it? Why am I going to mm. go pay, you know, 18 bucks for a fucking hot dog? Like it starts getting tougher and tougher to justify it given the economy and all of these other things. And so, mm. um, yeah, I, I, I want the giants to make some big splashes. I think Jung Hoo Lee is exciting. I think he's, I think he's one of those guys that's very, um, he seems very humble, and I think that his what he does on the field is going to speak a lot more for him. Yeah, uh, his his press conference was kind of charming and endearing. He seemed very humble, very uh, uh, gracious about all of it. And actually, I, I I I was I really appreciated that even though he can barely speak English, he he made the effort to really like speak to the fans in English. Exactly. Uh, that's an endearing quality. You know, somebody who's reaching out to the fans. I thought it was great. So I'm excited. Uh, his numbers for me, it's a complete coin flip. I think that given his, his defense, his speed, uh, it, it's going to be great. And, and he 
does have a great slash line in the KBO. So if that could kind of carry over in, into playing with the Giants, it would be great. You know, he look looks like he hits a lot of line drives to the gaps, which is great in San Francisco. Triples you know? alley is going to be Lee alley. Absolutely. I think that uh, we have to be a little patient. I think there's definitely going to be an adjustment, like just coming over here and traveling more and going through the time zone seems to be a real concern for him. Um, and then playing a little bit more games. I think they have 140 as opposed to our 162. Uh, that'll be a little ch- change. And then obviously the pitching is much better here. But what I love about him is the statistics about him making contact with the ball, that he doesn't miss the ball very often. And so if he can continue doing that, that could be a huge, what was the Giants' biggest problem last year? Runners <laughs> in scoring position. Yep. And so if you can make contact with the ball, you might drive them in, right? But if you're striking out like the Giants led the league, then this is a problem. So I think getting contact hitters is a huge move for us, especially with a ballpark that has those alleys and maybe isn't as easy to hit home runs in certain parts of the park. But you can utilize your speed and your line drive ability to instead of hitting a double, now you're hitting a triple. Well, and he also has that thing that a lot of Asian players have that you see where they have a very creative uh, batting approach where Mm. they have different swings for different pitches. They have different swings for different situations with runners on base. Um, It's kind of like Ichiro a little bit, right? Like he he could be a slap hitter. He could be a line drive hitter. He could could lay down a bunt. He could do all these different things at the plate, which I think the Giants – um, the last couple of years, it seemed like it was pretty much all or nothing. Like we're swinging for the fence. And unfortunately, when you're playing in Oracle and you got guys who pretty much only have warning track power, <laughs> it's a zero sum game. Now, here's here's the one thing about Lee that's really cool. Now, you can't really look at his 23 statistics because he got injured. He only played uh, just, just a little over half a season. Mm. But in 2022, he played in 142 games. Okay. He only struck out 32 times. Right. I love that. So that's insane. Okay. Yeah. Now, obviously, like you mentioned, the pitching in the major leagues is going to be a little different. He's going to have to adapt and adjust. But just that's a, that is a fantastic strikeout number for that many games. Right. I love the, his, um, his attitude seems to be that he's very driven. What you mentioned about him starting the uh, press conference in English. I listened to an interview with him and Laura Britt after that. And one of the big things I took away from it was he wants before this season's over to do a whole interview in English. So that's just like the mentality is like, I want to come here and win. I want to come here and speak your language. Like I want to stoke the fans out. Like these are all things that we want to hear, you know? So it's easy. I mean, people are already like buying 51, like, getting their Willie McGee jerseys out of the closet because, you know, it's just really neat to me to have that. And, and, and so it almost kind of sets you up for this next move, which is who do you get, right? Like is Yamamoto going to sign this weekend? God, I hope so. And I hope it's not with the Dodgers and I hope it's not with another team for 12 hours and then a different team after that. I would love it for, to be the Giants, obviously, 
But what I'm hoping is if it's not the Giants, it's an American League team. And then Snell, Montgomery, uh, Stroman, trade with Burns, like all these things that we're hoping happens starts happening more frequently so we can get fired up instead of being like, oh, man, I just got to go watch the 49ers, man. Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Or you can go watch the Warriors and see uh... – I was going to say Draymond Green get himself suspended indefinitely for just being a complete <laughs> thug on the court. Like, I, I, I'm sorry that that guy's one of the greatest defensive players to ever play the game, but he just doesn't have any self control. Well, know? while he's while he's out, he could be Young Hu Lee's security. You know, I mean, let's hey, face it. If there he's you looking go. For yeah, you need a gig, you know, the commute's short. It's just a couple blocks away, right? Yeah, that's that whole thing's horrible. And I feel real bad for Steph because even Steph Curry, one of the greatest in all the sports, I think he truly as a human being and an athlete is just such a stand-up dude and uh, just a pleasure to have in our Bay Area. I, I can't back this guy any more than I do he's even getting kind of attacked for his leadership skills now. And it's like, dude, the way people just want to jump on, like, you know, it's like everyone has all these problems and they want to point out everyone else's. I think exactly. the schadenfreude is so real right now. It's exactly. crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Warriors have been struggling, but the 49ers are Super Bowl bound. So that's how we do it in the Bay. Every, every At least one or more team is a contender you know what i mean like yep, yep. so except can, the sharks it's been a while since no the sharks anything, are ooh, they they oh, man they went all the way to the finals uh, several years ago and looked by yeah they uh they by had all their, appearances they were going to take it down and they just folded up in the finals so uh, i don't you know I don't pay. I don't pay as much hockey as I used to, but uh, well, yeah. Out of okay, let's say that Yamamoto signs with uh, the Yankees or the Mets, which I think is the favorite. Um, let's say that happens. Then I, for me, the top three pitchers that the Giants possibly could get, I think that there's a strong possibility would be Blake Snell, Burns, or Montgomery. I think those would be the three that are kind of the elite left. One would be by trade, two are free agencies. Um, Snell is a lefty, which is, you know, we all know that lefties are very desired, and he's the reigning Cy Young. He has his issues with going long into games, and he has this, like, walk issue and some things that are kind of going against him, but he's got two Cy Youngs under his belt as well. Uh, Burns is from, he went to St. Mary's. So he's, he, he lived in the Bay area. So he, I, I'm guessing he likes it here. His family's in, uh, Moraga or somewhere over there. Um, Montgomery, I don't know as much about, but the, but I think Montgomery's a lefty too. So I don't know. I, it's, I think any one of those three, I'd be happy, but I'm curious to hear your points on like who you're rooting for, or if any, any one of those would stoke you as well. I think any one of those guys would be a good signing for the Giants, given that, you know, Yamamoto is going to be a tough, he's going to be a tough get, I think. Yeah, it's going to um, be like Shohei. And I, I don't know if you read Slusser's uh, Chronicle article talking about how potentially it sounds like Manaya could be re-signing. I, I don't want that. He's not getting much, uh, he's not getting much action on the, on the market. Um, and I like Sean Manaya, I really do. 
And I think that he sort of like turned it around last year after going through whatever it was he was going through for the first half of the year. Mm. Um, but he's not, he's a compliment piece. He's not a piece. Right. Um, I think part of that's just cause maybe he's, he's aged out a little bit over his career. Um, but whatever the case, like the giants need to be going after top line starters. Okay. Absolutely. We got Alex Cobb is not going to pitch for at least the first half next year. Mm. So you got Logan Webb. Mm-hmm. And and what? Okay, we got we got Kyle Harrison, who very promising, good stuff. Uh, if he continues on the trajectory he's been on, he's he's right there as a as a number two, at the very least, a number three starter. I mean, he's really that good. Mm. And they've got other guys there that are all in the wings. Keaton Wynn, the young guy, I really like what he's got. I'd like to see more of him. Um, and then and Beck Beck was not really given the opportunity to be a starter, which is what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, very often he was kind of a bulk guy and it kind of backfired a few times. Uh, most notably the game I went to with all those guys in Anaheim where Mania started pitched great for, you know, four, four and a half. And then they took him out. And the next thing that happened was Beck came in and gave up the home run that decided the game. And it was sort of like, why'd you pull him, man? You know, like Mania mm-hmm. was doing okay. So the Mania one's hard. Cause it's like, we want to like that dude, you know, he, he played yeah. for the A's a long time and he seems like a really cool guy. And he's a, he's a unique kind of cat. But at this point, like the giants, like the only thing that they should be concerned about is performance right now. You no, know? they need a number one. I mean, Logan's going to be the number one, but they need a one a yep. pitcher. Yep. And yep. that, and I mean, let's face it. Burns usually is in the top three in strikeouts. He's played for the brewers, which if I'm, not mistaken is a hitter's ballpark. I think any of these pitchers coming to San Francisco are going to improve instead of get worse. Like San Francisco is a pitching friendly uh, place to play. And I know we did lose uh, Bailey, the pitching coach, but our guys have tended to help these Gosmans and, and whatnot Rodon. Like they've had their best years with us a lot of times. So Pitching, I think, is our strength. I would say our bullpen is definitely our strength right now. Um, the only thing I could see going to like a, a Chapman, who I just keep hearing that name, and I'm like, why? I don't understand. We have J.D. Davis and Schmidt. The only way I think I can stomach paying for Chapman is if they lose Schmidt to get Randy. Then I can handle it. If we get Randy and Chapman and we have to lose some guys, I think I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chapman's great defense, which they're trying to do, and hopefully he has a return to what he's done with the bat. He, you know, the last year or two, he he's kind of been like this, not Chapman with the bat um, very well. So we need to figure that out. But I just think there's so many other holes that I think Randy in the outfield if you got him you could trade some of these pitchers like maybe a win or a back or a wizen hunt like some of these talented youthful guys that we like but we're willing to get rid of for an outfielder that plays every day that has that much energy and ability i mean we both love randy a lot and then maybe you get like a hoskins for first base slash dh that's from the bay area as well and he's 
going to come here and enjoy playing for a team that he grew up rooting for. And that whole story that seems to happen with a lot of these guys that grew up locally. Um, that's always a fun vibe to be like, I can't believe I'm playing in the place where I watch Barry Bonds and this and that and how, and the time Willie Mays came in and I got to meet him and like just the starstruck of the stars is really cool. Those stories. So I I'm all for that. I just need Snell Burns or Montgomery. Like I, especially with the Dodgers getting glass now, we're hoping that his track record continues, which is he just shatters every eight games and gets on the DL. I mean, he hasn't pitched a lot of innings. Last year was his best year by far. If you look at his last years before that, he was kind of on the shelf a lot. So yeah, I he, hope was that- he was he was talked about a lot as being one of those rising stars. He actually had a higher K rate than Garrett Cole, which is really fucking interesting. Mm. But like you said, he's a little fragile. You know, he goes, gets into these injuries and then it's like, as far as I'm concerned, the Dodgers can have him. The, the best part of that trade is that they didn't get a Rosa Reina, right? That they got Manuel Margot. Dude, uh, I would have the, lost you know, my shit if Dodgers got Randy. That would have been a nightmare. So, <laughs> what, okay. So, yeah, I mean, the third base thing, as far as Chapman's going, in Oakland, he had massive power, massive on base, massive batting average. As soon as he got moved, his hitting kind of took a dump. And I'm not sure what that is. I don't think that's stadium dependent, you know, something maybe going on with him. Mm. And like you said, you know, with Schmidt and JD over there, I mean, JD Davis still one of the the highest hard hit ball rates in the league velocity. Um, And Schmidt, I don't think has even sort of gotten near his potential yet in terms of, of, you know, obviously there's some holes in his swing that could be corrected his defense. There were a couple of times last year where he, he looked like a deer in the headlights on a pop-up here and there but he's got a rocket of an arm so he could play the hot corner and get the ball over to first base in plenty of time to be even the fastest runner. So yeah, I mean, Chapman's kind of like one of those afterthought guys like, Oh, he's still out there and we can sort of maybe get him on a two year deal or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. The pitching is the most glaring thing. And then what I just kind of popped into my head when you mentioned it is like, is the designated hitter possibly the biggest hole the giants have right now? Well, it just depends. If they're going to get an outfielder, then Conforto slash Hanniger can DH, right? Um, if they get Hoskins, he, him and Wade can share first base DH. Like, I, I think, to, to be honest, the biggest hole is shortstop because they're putting a lot of pressure on Luciano the way they did VR last year, and we saw how that worked out for VR. My idea would be if they can get an Edmund or a backup shortstop veteran that can play shortstop second center, almost like Mauricio Dubon or something that we can have as a guy that's not going to care that he's not starting every day at shortstop, but he's able to, if Luciano struggles or gets hurt, Luciano's got a big track record of getting hurt too. So it's a huge gamble to just say Luciano's the future and like, I mean, I'm excited for this guy, but like at the same time, you got to have a backup plan. Yeah, you do. And I don't think backing up a rookie with a rookie is a great idea. So if you're saying like, okay, Luciano's our everyday shortstop and Schmidt Schmidt, is his backup, that's uh, that's taking a gamble, right? Exactly. Because then you're you're saying basically like, you know, uh, what you got, you got, you got youth behind youth. Um, I like youth. But I also like experience because experience in, in a game like baseball is really, really, really important. You know, and we've seen like the guys who keep having their cup of coffee in the major leagues and keep getting sent back. Like it seems hard for those guys to ever gain traction. Whereas the guys they bring up and they say, 
you're all we got, buddy. You're, you're going to have to do it. You know, it seems like those guys fare much better. So, yeah, it's a, that's a tough spot. And I mean, that's kind of why the Burns Adamas trade makes so much sense. Because Adamas can be that guy. He's like a Mauricio Dubon. He can play a lot of positions. Burns is the pitcher we need. If they make that move, which they could make, I've heard I've heard that being discussed. Um, that would make a lot of sense. The other sure. thing is that we don't talk about is Tyro Estrada, who can play short. I think he's much better over at second base, but he is a veteran and he's a durable asset to the team. Uh, with Lee on the team now, I think it could be really cool to see Lee uh, Estrada in the beginning of the lineup to set up the table for hopefully a third place hitter and a fourth place hitter that are performing well, whether it be Conforto and Hanniger or whoever else we need that can fill that void because that's a huge problem for the Giants. I mean, for them to get guys on first and second or third with less than two outs and not score, we can't have that anymore. Yep, yep. And it, it's funny, you know, once upon a time in baseball, the the cleanup spot was kind of the the real key spot in the lineup. For some reason, the number four guy was just really important because mm-hmm. if you got anybody on base ahead, like, okay, now we got outs to play with and we got our number four guy. It was always a slugger, right? Nowadays, the way the games change with the pitch clock, with speed kind of being more of a commodity, um, and I've heard people repeat this quote. I don't know who originally said it, but speed doesn't slump, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems nowadays like your leadoff and your number two guy, they're really important positions for guys who are contact hitters, guys who put the ball in play, guys who get on high on base percentage. That's why Tyro Estrada or, or Wade leading off the last year or two has been fantastic because those guys just, they just serial on base guys, you know? Um, And with Lee now, if he turns out to be that kind of guy in the majors, then fantastic, right? You put him up front, he's got some speed, um, guy makes a lot of contact, doesn't strike out much. It's, It's great, you know? So yeah, it's really it's really down to like this the Burns trade. I think they have a lot more flexibility to move more of the young unproven pitchers if they do a trade like that for a high profile guy like like Burns, right? Or I mean, Randy. That, because yeah, yeah, because you can justify it, okay? But but that's, you know, we're talking about like specifically a key top line starter in a right. trade. You know, it allows you more flexibility with the young pitching to go, yeah, I mean, we really like these guys, but we all we have Harrison, Wynn, and Beck that all have major league experience. They're all here. We sacrifice one of those guys and we give up Wizen Hunt. And then you name the bench player. You want VR, you want Bart, you want, you know, you want to take Austin Slater off our hands. I could, I could see us losing Matos, actually. Yeah, yeah. I don't a, want to. I don't want to. One. But, but, he's, but we but have he's, to lose somebody to gain somebody. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. I to me, Casey Schmidt is almost already a fan favorite. So I want to hold on to guys like that, that they're just, they have something to them. That's more than just a baseball player, right? It's like Austin Slater is a good player, but he has no personality. Conforto and Hanniger, same thing. We have so many white guys that are just boring. Like they, you know, even Buster Posey, just like a quiet guy that you don't know much about. And Young Hu Lee comes in and makes a mockery of all those guys because he's already got us laughing and interested in what he's saying and like it's just 
there's more to baseball than baseball as we know you know it's like the after game uh interviews are a huge part of like going the transition from game to game so um i look forward to getting some personality with some ability yeah yeah i mean talent is obviously the the main thing but then how a team meshes how what what these guys are made of what their personal character is like i mean you know you have some cancer like julio arias on your team it's like (laughs) then the guy's like you know he's one of the best pitchers in the league and all of a sudden he like slugs some woman in the face and now he's suspended indefinitely it's like san francisco doesn't go for people like that and i and i that's one of the things i've always loved about the giants is they've really um done their best to try to sign quote class act type guys you know like guys who who carried themselves the right way guys that had a a little bit of humility Mm -hmm. um you know occasionally they've sort of broken the mold and signed somebody like beltron that was just a punk but Mm. um for the most part i think there's there's a there's a culture there where they really want to bring the right people into play and the right people who can sort of mesh well with the guys that are already there so I have a lot of confidence and, and faith in that part of the organization, you know, and it's really a question of like, how do they attract those guys? How do they get them? How do they lock them in? You know, uh, I just saw that the, the Dodgers signed the extension of the contract with glass now. So um, five or six years, right? Yeah. Like you said, hopefully he, it's a uh, big risk. His history is uh, consistent. I, not to be a, you know, I don't, I never want to root for injuries. Right. No, but, the Dodgers do have a lot. They're gambling a lot. Shohei came off his second Tommy John surgery. You've said it. I don't think this guy ever starts again as a pitcher. Uh, Glass now has a record of being injured a lot. Kershaw's on his way out. Urias is probably not allowed to return. The Dodgers got some issues, and they're they got a lot, as we know, seven hundred million weighing on this two-way player that maybe is only a DH. A DH and, you and- know, it's not really satisfying their hunger, which is starting pitching. That's they lost last year because they had no bullpen, no closer, and not very good starting pitching. Yep. Shohei doesn't fix any of that. He doesn't. Yeah, he, doesn't. he sells jerseys, great, yep. but when you guys win the national league west and then don't make it to the world series again that's kind of not a record i want to have yeah. we won three world series in five years so that's what we do yep yep and it and it should have been it should have been four and six or four and seven yeah, you know exactly. but it just they, they they ran into a bad spot in that one game against the cubs uh, yeah, I mean the the Dodgers. I mean, look, Dustin May is done most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Bueller, we don't know what he's going to be he's like when he comes Tommy back. He's two Tommy Johns too, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Um, so yeah, the pitching with the Dodgers. I mean, uh, traditionally over the past what 15, 20 years, it's always been the bullpen that really fucked the Dodgers over. Like they they get into the playoffs and their bullpen would just melt down. Right. Well, they didn't even and, bring their closer to the postseason last year. Remember. Right. Right, right, and uh, but but now it's like this starting pitching thing. It's like if they're counting on Otani to come back in a year as a starter, that's very optimistic and kind of short sighted. I think you know, and it could hurt him further where he's not even able to bat now. Right. So right. there's a lot on that. I would be very very careful if I'm Dave Roberts, who's barely hanging on by a thread to that manager position as it is, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think he's a I think he's a hardcore players manager, which is probably why he's managed to keep his job this long. Is that um, whatever it is that he has, and the type of guy that he has, and how he he interacts with the players there, it's uh, he has the confidence of every single player on that team, right? Yeah, and, and he's fluent in J- Japanese. Right. So I think, I think, <laughs> so I think that has something to do with how he's managed to stick it out. And I mean, of course, like the organization's going to look at, you know, okay, you got us, we were the division winners nine years in a row. You've gotten us here. You boosted our attendance, all this stuff. That's all great, you know. But at some point, like somebody's going to pull the string on him, you know, mm. and it could be coming soon because they went and spent 700 mil on Otani and they're, they're they got glass now. Uh, Margo's whatever. They'll probably just flip that guy. But, Whoever else, because they're not done. I don't think they're done. And yeah, because isn't Margo the same position as Offman? Yeah, as Outman. And, and Margo was, he was real promising when he was a rookie in San Diego. He looked like he was going to be a, a beast and then mm-hmm. nothing, you know, right. just, it just petered out. And I think he, I think he changed teams like two more times, right? So, um, you know, the, the Padres have been funny that way. They've had a bunch of guys that have come and gone real quick, like Margot, um, and all guys with funny names too, that I can't recall off the top of my head right now, but they've had a lot of rookies that have come in there all hot and just disappeared. So, and, and we have no idea what they're up to, you know, Padres. Yeah, right it seems like, seems like they're not about much more than sort of flushing out Soto and trying to maybe do some kind of rebuild. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to ask you. So there's two things non-giant related. I mean, pretty much non-giant related that I was wondering what your thoughts are on. uh, Okay, so people keep talking about the Giants getting Bellinger. And I'm like, we don't need Bellinger now. And we, I would, I would like to not continue this path of ex-Dodgers. And Bellinger's a pretty ex-Dodger. the fact that the Cubs haven't re-signed him and stuff, I don't know what's going on there. And then the Padres dumping Soto and talking about trying to trade Cronenworth, are the Padres kind of like backing down or do you see them going after some big names and trying to like spend some money and get a, a all-star team like they've had or are they trying to get their salary down because that philosophy didn't work last year and they're trying something different? It's it's a little confusing, but I, I have a feeling that uh, I think they're doing a bit of a salary dump just because they they did spend so much money and just got nothing for it. I mean, they barely mm-hmm. squeaked past the Giants at the end of the year last year. Right. And uh, I think the perception on the part of the fans was, oh, look at this team we've got. They're going to go all the way. They're going to take it all. And it just it just it was horrible. I mean, they made, they made the playoffs right the year before. Um didn't didn't get all that far. I mean, and then this last year was just disgusting. If you're a Padres fan, I mean, it's like <laughs> you, you're going, why, why, why? How do we have all these guys and we're spending all this money and we're Dude. in fourth, fifth place? Like, wh- what? What's going on? It's very weird. But they and lost Snell and Hater and Soto. I mean, those are three huge names. Yeah. Yep. And and the thing is, like, if you look at their starting rotation, I mean, Musgrove's a monster, right? Sure. He's a fantastic pitcher. But Darvish, I mean, Darvish is getting up there in age and he's sort of had a resurgence the last year and a half. He was he was pretty damn good for his age and yeah. how long he's been out there. Um, and definitely still has fantastic, you know, number two starter stuff. But mm. beyond that, what do they have? You know, Snell's gone now. 
Um, right. and, and it's just like, what are they doing? So I, I, I would be of the mind, I think that they're trying to maybe like cut their salary a little bit and try to open up some options. I, I've heard absolutely nothing about their farm system, about anybody coming up in the ranks of that. So who knows, you know? And I, and I think Soto was probably, there may have been beef with Soto just with other players or whatever the deal was, his, his swagger, all that stuff that we always talk about is too much for us. Like yeah. probably was too much for the Padres too. I think you for know, sure. like, he wasn't really performing on defense. He wasn't getting a lot of stolen bases. I mean, all he was doing is hitting, you know, how many, what did he hit 30 home runs last year or something like that. Um, and then what, you know, and you're paying that much money for a guy like that. That's uh, a tough, that's a tough, that's a tough keep, you know? So, mm-hmm. and, and he's perfect for the Yankees and the Yankees love guys like that. Oh you know? yeah. I mean, so it's so fit right in. I, it feels if you want to go conspiracy a little bit, it feels like MLB is encouraging the Yankees and the Dodgers to be the two dominant teams and hopefully have them in the World Series for the, uh, you know, the huge marketing and all the viewerships and all that stuff. Uh, that's kind of why I think Yamamoto, for some reason, I think he's going to go to the Yankees more so than the Mets, even though Cohen may outbid them. My guess is Yamamoto wants to have pinstripes on rather than be out in Queens and probably suck because the Mets, no matter what they do, are jinxed and they just can't they they can't do it. Um, I would love him to be a giant, though. You know that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's. But uh, you're right. He has. I mean, the same thing with Lee. Right? We haven't seen this guy throw one pitch in MLB, which is a different beast and. But he looks pretty exciting. I'll, I'll say that. he de- And he's 25, which, like Lee, I, I like the youth getting better as opposed to going downhill with, like, you know, Bellinger, maybe he's on the top going down instead of improving. Yeah. I mean, Bellinger's 28 years old, right? And he's, uh, like we've talked about a lot, his, his streakiness is the thing that would concern me about signing him, you know? He seems like another belt, except for better in the center field. He's good defense. No, he's great on defense, and he does have speed. You know, he's not slow. So there, there are benefits to that. I just feel like a guy, he's like belt hitting wise. He's either going to give you basically what you're going to get is a month of slug and a month of slump, and a month of slug and a month of slump, and it's going to continue like that. Um, and I don't think that's something the Giants can really live with. I think they need somebody who's a consistent hitter. You're going to sign a hitter, get a guy who's just one of these guys like like Lee, where it's like his strikeout rate is super low. Um, and he puts the ball to play constantly, and he's got a little speed. Like, that's great. Um, I, I, think, I think actually Lee and Belger are similar, and it's really going to come down. The difference is going to be like how much more does Lee hit or how much more consistent is he at the plate? You might he's say these a lot two guys cheaper are... too, and it, I don't know. I got more faith in him than I do Bellinger. Bellinger had one year last year where he returned to, but before that, he couldn't even. I mean, his last two or three years with the Dodgers were horrible. Yeah, he goes through some rough stretches, and you know he's had some injuries, but I don't think that's really been the big deal with him. I think it's just been sort of a maybe his head got too big after the MVP or whatever it was like he's they've been saying they got to make a shirt to say let belly smoke that likes his weed. <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah 
Well, cool, well, man. I mean, um, before we talk again, what are you hoping to see? Well, I'm certainly hoping to see this whole hot stove off-season free agent market accelerate and to see stuff get done. So we know, number one, most importantly, where the Giants stand amongst everybody else. But number two, just to see how these rosters are solidifying and how they're coming together. Because I always like to, once I see like the sort of established roster list and spring training starts, I like to do the comparisons and go like, okay, how would we do against these guys? How would we do against these guys? And how do the huh. position matchups play, right? right. Um, and you can't do any of that until this is all the dust kind of clears. So exactly, that's basically it. And I just, I just want to hear that uh, the Giants signed some big, high, high caliber talent. <laughs> that's well, it for me. Well, as much as we both want Randy, would you agree that we, if it's one or the other, we need a, a high end starting pitcher more than? In other words, we'd love both, but um, we need Snell, Montgomery, or Burns, or someone of that caliber much more than we need Randy. 100%. Yeah, 100%. so let's get that, that pitcher ASAP and then see what we can do to manipulate some offense. Um, and I'm even down to get Hater or some, like, one more piece for the bullpen if it's uh, – you know, Will Smith just what the Royals are quietly building some pretty good. They're making some moves. Uh, you know, it's yeah. Will Smith's been in the World Series the last three years on three different teams. So yeah. you get him on your team, you might have a chance. Yeah. And he, and he wasn't so bad for the Giants when he was with the Giants. So I love you, know, you remember yeah. that. I mean, it's like it's there's some there's some talent out there and some teams are raking it in. And yeah, it's interesting. It, it, you just when you go to the MLBTR site and you just look and it's like, they haven't updated anything in eight hours. There's nothing new today. It's like, uh, and they keep just talking about Shohei. It's like, how much Shohei news can everyone digest? It's like, yeah, we know he signed. Yeah, yeah he got his jersey. Yeah, well, we're, I mean, we can be done with him until the season starts because there's nothing else to talk about. We covered it all, right? You Unless know, he like brings in Yamamoto. He flew to, you know. It's like, come on. At that point, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, right? Yeah. Well, the the new giant slogan would be much appreciated too. Like, I'm I'm tired of uh, nothing like it. Um, even if they have to come out with my uh, apropos slogan, uh, "Breaking even till it's broken." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I and I guess the only other big question mark now is what is the sleeve patch going to be for 2024? Woo! Because. Uh, <laughs> now that they yanked all those stupid cars off the streets of SF, uh, I can't imagine that's a real lucrative sponsorship deal anymore. Who was the one? We had a good idea for a sponsorship. I forget what it was. Remember, you and I had a had an idea like, why don't they? This would be so great. Oh, I can't remember what it was, but yeah, they if they're gonna put a patch on their jersey. Just like anything else, you want to represent what you you know. You don't want some cheesy thing that you're not into you want to be stoked like get like fucking i don't know the best steaks in the world or something or like you know uh ghirardelli like let's get some san francisco heritage things or something i don't know what it would be but something something from the alioto family like a seafood restaurant whatever right yeah something, there you go something that's sf i mean i yeah i don't know i mean i see like the braves they have like what is it the ready mix the concrete they got the concrete patch on their sleeve and it's like fuck yeah that's great man cement 
Yeah. You know, exactly. it's, like, it's like something that's just real basic. It's not some like weird tech startup of self-driving <laughs> vaccination car. Like what? We don't need any of that, man. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, I, I think there's, I think there's a lot of really glorious stuff about old San Francisco that they can easily dude rice aroni with a cable car would be better than that fucking Ooh. that cruise patch dude yeah you what know? about ben davis there we go there we uh, go be, ben davis be, 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 levi's. levi's come levi's. on yeah, yeah, yeah. that's I mean, the it's, obvious it's, one it's no brainer right? and then you can make some epic levi giant collab you know i think they'd be good for both brands oh yeah and then change up the uh to the city connect denim uniforms <laughs> it would be awful it would be yeah. awful we, but at we, least it would work <laughs> we need a new city connect you know let's get let's get the korean uh korean jersey night is what i'm looking forward to with like a giant in the korean characters or something 51 on the back let's start let's start going towards what we're trying to do i was thinking stop worrying about what's on the streets and start worrying about what's on the field and remember the old slogan build it and they will come absolutely and all we need to do after that is we need to start referring to center field at oracle as area 51. area 51 i love it dude and you know what his walk-up song is right ride like the wind because he's yeah, the grandson the, of the, the wind grandson of the wind it's <laughs> fucking amazing I, I wish go. that's what my name meant grandson of the wind it's fantastic uh, yeah there's a lot to like about this kid so i just hope he's hitting the ball if he's hitting the ball and fielding like they say he can i think he's going to go far as a giant i think giants are going to gravitate towards them and it's going to be a special year for that and i'm so excited to see because i know that the giants are not done they could come in with a Paul DeYoung, but I'm hoping they're going to come in with another one or two guys that we're super fired up on. And then it's February and spring training and baseball's back. So I'm excited, man. I, 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 I've been hearing a lot of negativity out there and I just want to keep positive with this stuff and remember that it's a new season and we got Bob Melvin and Pat Burrell. We got new coaching staff. Like there's a lot to be excited about and not for nothing. Don't, ever forget who has the best baseball stadium in all of baseball that's us <laughs> yeah yep. it's san francisco 100 um, percent well, cool let's uh let's stay on alert we'll probably just drop another one of these once there's some news to talk about and hopefully it's good news i i'd love to come in with a uh burns or uh or a yamamoto episode <laughs> yeah, any big signing at this point is or randy be. man i got if randy comes in you will see a photo of me and randy with an autograph card to start out the episode you can yes. guarantee that i'm yes. waiting for randy yes all right well good talking man and uh again as we always say We'd love to talk to you guys. If you're out there and listening and want to chime in, please do. We have the Instagram skaters on skates on base and we have uh, email or DM or however you feel comfortable, but uh, we're always looking for the big dogs too. So if you're a Yankee fan, we are really wanting to talk baseball with a Yankee fan. So if you're out there and you're a Yankee fan, hit us up and maybe you could come on the show. We would love to talk about your history, what you're doing now, and just everything. I, I was out at Yankee Stadium last year to watch the Giants on opening day weekend. 
And a lot of people are telling me it's not Yankee Stadium. So I'd love to just talk about that and like why the new stadium's so not it for a lot of the locals. But anyhow, yeah, man, let's just keep it going. And I hope you all are getting excited for baseball as much as we are. Right on, right on. See you soon. Thank you. Let's go, San Francisco. Let's go, Giants. Thanks for listening to this episode of Skaters on Baseball. If you liked what you heard, please spread the word. Give us a good review or hell, blow us up on your social media if you're down. Follow us at Skates on Base on Instagram for baseball news and other fun stuff. We love comments and listener participation, so bring it with an audio clip or an email. You can email us at skatersonbase at gmail.com. We're everywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be here all season long.